I'm Kate Daniels. Caregiving. It's a subject that really is not discussed enough. And so we're going to do something about that this morning to get that topic moving along. Alison Breininger joins us. Allison is a caregiver to her husband. Allison is one of 53 million caregivers in the U.S., and chances are quite good that we might be in that role or possibly be the one who needs the care. So this is a critical story with critical information. Allison Breininger, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. I am very grateful that we have this opportunity because our conversation today around caregiving, I know, is a very critical one. I know this somewhat from personal experience, but not fully as you have experienced. And I know there are many people like you yourself who are basically full-time caregivers Mm -hmm. and what a an incredibly challenging role that is with so little awareness or enough awareness about it. Right, Allison? Exactly. Exactly. There's, they say there are 53 million of us family caregivers in the United States at this point. And yet there is very little recognition is given to any of us in this very hard, unpaid, untrained, unseen work that we do. And, and so much ignorance by anyone else in our society who has not experienced it. And maybe even if they have, just, just don't have the right kind of awareness or good enough awareness as to how to collaborate, how to assist others mm-hmm. um, who are in that role. It's true. And I mean, you know, we're we're in this recent morning of um, First Lady Rosalind Carter, and she mm. has this famous quote that I'm sure a lot of people have heard this week. Um, and we're really glad about the awareness of that, but is that there are four types of people, people who are a caregiver, who will be a caregiver, who need a caregiver, or who will need a caregiver. And so I think the people who think like, oh, caregiving doesn't impact me, just need to wait a little while, <laughs> because <laughs> it will impact every single one of us at some point. And often when we haven't gone through that, this role yet, and like I said, we will, but when we haven't yet, sometimes it's hard to understand and really put our put our, our feet in the, the caregiver's shoes and know what is it really like and, and how can we help them. And so that's really the work that I'm trying to do. I've been a caregiver for my husband for 12 years. And a lot of the work I do is trying to really paint the picture of what it, it's like to be me on a day-to-day basis so that others can start to understand that their neighbor or their friend or their or their family member is going through this really hard thing and they might not be telling you about it, but I'm here happy to tell you so that you can learn how to better help them and and step up and to support them during this this time. And that's the thing. That is what we call community caregiving. Is that right, Allison? Mm, yeah. So I think there's this quote that I really, really love. Um, and it is that when we say, usually we like to shout self-care at people, right? We say, are you taking care of yourself? Like if I really told you kind of all that I've been through in my life, you might be tempted to say, well, Allison, are you taking care of yourself? And this quote that I love is shouting self-care at people who need community care is how we fail people. And that quote's by Nikita Valerio. And I just think that that's so profound because this one step to see like, oh, Allison must be tired. Oh, she must need some help. But to, in, to respond to that by saying, Allison, here's another thing for you to do. Yeah. Go take care of yourself. 
is, is, is really short-sighted and can feel really hurtful because it's you seeing that I'm exhausted. And instead of stepping in to support me and providing community care for me, you're telling me that there's more that I should be doing when already my plate is overflowing. And if we see, we ought to see, you are really needing to care for your husband longer than a, a full working day. And where are you mm-hmm. supposed to then go and find time to go away? And who's going to be there to support him in that time exactly. that you're gone, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. And, you know, most um, family caregivers are working. 61% of us are working outside of the home. Because often, like in my case, my husband hasn't been able to work since his diagnosis 12 years ago. And so then I am both a caregiver, but also the sole breadwinner. And I have to worry about things like insurance because he needs a lot of health insurance. And so it's not just that we are you know, doing this, this full-time job, uh, that I'm not getting paid of being a caregiver, but also we're working outside of the home often and then often balancing all of the household things because often our person is not able to support in that way as well. And so the, the stack just gets bigger and bigger and bigger of all the things that we're trying to do. And so someone's saying, okay, well, add some self-care on top of it, just can, can feel can feel really um, kind of downright hurtful, actually, and that you really are not seeing my reality and you're really not being helpful by telling me to do more when already I'm overwhelmed. Right. Yes, I can definitely appreciate how that is. It just feels like, oh, I'm saying something. So you think that I am really mm-hmm. helping you. But really, if anything, it's just it's more de- demoralizing. Yeah, exactly. Well said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, well, how can I help Allison? Right. <laughs> well, and, and so the thing is that that's another very well-meaning thing. And I want to say that, that if you mm-hmm. haven't been through this caregiving thing, it's, you're, you're, very, you're well-meaning in saying take care of yourself. You're well-meaning in saying, let me know how I can help, right? And that people say that all the time. But if, if you think about that, so here am I, this exhausted caregiver, and my brain is just swirling with all that needs to be done. And you, I see you at the park, and you hear, say, how's your husband? I say, oh, it's pretty rough. And then you say, well... Let me know if I can do anything. Hmm. So I have to, in that moment, do almost like a game of matchmaking to think, what are my current needs? And what does this person really mean? And what are they really willing to offer? Um, can they drive? Do they like pets? Would I trust them with my child? Are they a good cook? Do they really mean it? Or are they just being kind? And so it just turns into this whole kind of exhausting process. And then even the thing of like, okay, I do really need dinner next week but do I dare ask her? Did she mean it? And so a lot of times what happens when people say that is the caregiver doesn't take them up on it because it's, it's actually more work again. And so a flip side of that is instead to be very specific. So a few weeks ago, I live in Minnesota. We've got lots of big, beautiful trees here, which means lots of leaves to be raked. And a few weeks ago, um, a friend texted and said, I would love to do some yard work for you in the next few weeks. Let me know if Tuesday or Thursday would be better. Beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was just like the gift to get that text because it was very specific. I knew what they were willing to do, and they didn't let me kind of even get out of it. They didn't let me do the Minnesota nice of saying, no, 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 that's okay. (laughs) And the same thing can be done with meals. I'd love to bring your family dinner next week. Let me know um, if Wednesday or Friday would be better and if you have any allergies. So it just really sort of makes it specific and helps the caregiver to do as little sort of extra brain work as possible and makes really clear that you do intend to do it and this is the way that you can help. Right. 
Yes, and that feels so simple because we'll we'll believe that people are there wanting to help, but in, if that's so truly sincere, then here are very specific ways to do mm-hmm. it and to to follow through. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I think that as a supporter, you might think, well, I can't help them because I am not a good cook. Like people always think about the casserole being passed over the fence, right? <laughs> and I think I can't cook. And so therefore, I'm not going to be able to help this family. But I think for supporters to think about what are you good at? Are you a fix-it person? Can you say, you know, are there any projects that have fallen by the wayside that I can come over with my toolkit and fix? Um, are you, you know, um, an animal person and you, you know, aren't good with the kids, but you would love to say, you know, I would love to come and take your dog for, the, for a walk. You know, like think about what it is that you are, what, what are your gifts and think about how you can apply that to that family's need because it goes so far beyond the casserole. There are so many daily needs that we have um, that we could use help with that go, that go beyond the food. And another area, I can think of this in terms of when my mother was a caregiver to my dad and the doctor yeah. said to her, you need time to yourself. You need to arrange mm-hmm. to have, uh, I think it was called home care or something. So she could mm-hmm. go out or, you know, she didn't even have to go out, but she didn't have to be the one fully present to yeah. his needs. Some some person who was actually paid to do it was coming in to yeah. do it. Sure. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. And so it's called, you know, it would be, it would be respite care. Ah, uh, yes. Right? And so even I just saw and, and something about um, different gifts that you could give to a caregiver. But a lot of the gifts that this, this article had suggested assumed that the caregiver could just leave the house and everything would be fine. And so I think that we have to remember that the caregiver is there in the, in the home and often needs someone to come in and give that support in order for them to leave. And sometimes it's just so that they can rest so that they can do something like take a walk around the block, that they can take a nap. But just like having someone come in and say, you know, I would love to come and sit with your dad for a few hours. Or can I come and, you know, I know your your brother really loved playing chess. Is that something he's still interested in? I would love to play a game of chess. And then you can do whatever you need to do for those couple of hours. I mean, that's a huge gift, especially if it's a, obviously a trusted friend or family member who can step in and at no cost, you know, give that caregiver just Oh, a moment. Sometimes it's even just to take a shower. You know, some of yes. those really basic, what we think self-care and people think spas and trips, but sometimes it's like very basic, taking a nap, taking a shower, taking a walk. Some of these basic things that non-caregivers just take for granted that they're able to do during the day, but a caregiver might not be able to. Exactly. So these are some really excellent ideas. And to the big thing is to really shine awareness on this because, again, realizing that, wow, you said 53 million mm-hmm. in the U.S. are caregivers. Yeah. That's, a, yeah. that's mind-boggling, that many. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it, it takes uh, multi-numbers of us to, to provide some help help in in whatever way. Um, Like you said, it doesn't have to be cooking, but to have someone come and clean uh, clean up the leaves or Mm -hmm. shovel the snow from your path, that's great. Yes, absolutely. And I think, too, that, you know, if you live far away from that person and feel like, well, I can't help because I'm not there, there are so many things that we can do remotely these days. We've had people send us meals from like DoorDash or Grubhub from across the country um, or send us groceries because same thing. You can just order it online and put in our address and things can come up. Or I have um, the last few years for my birthday gift, my parents have gotten us a snow shoveling service, which you can imagine mm. is very helpful here in Minnesota. And so 
also don't limit the support that you can give to feeling like it has to be, you have to be local. And I think the other piece is just the recognition and the acknowledgement. So just little texts that I get from people saying, just thinking of you today um, and, you know, and all that you do for your husband and sending you love. And then the magic phrase is no need to respond. Uh-huh. Because if they just say the first text and that I just added it to my mental to-do list, if I got to respond to that text, mm-hmm. right? But if they, if they say no need to respond, it is, a, it is a true gift. It is something they just gave to me and I don't have to do anything back. And it helps me realize because it can be very isolating and, and solitary being a caregiver. And so it helps me realize that I'm being thought of. And that, that's huge, just someone sending a text and so, or a card or a note or whatever that is. And so just know that even if you don't live next door or in town, um, that there are ways that you can show up for the caregivers in your life. So important. And again, yeah. you know, the, talking about it to really make sure that there's this awareness that there's yeah. such a need. And it's done, there really is a formal, more formalized basis, I guess, in terms of people being able to get such information. Right, Allison? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And so a couple of a couple of different resources I would love to highlight. One is uh, Embracing Carers, which is an initiative from EMD Serrano. And so that's really the, it's a valuable resource that was created to raise awareness of the many challenges that caregivers face. And it offers resources to help them and their loved ones cope with the stress of this experience. And another one that I would love to mention is that, that I myself have started a nonprofit. And the name of that is called The Negative Space, which is from the artistic concept of negative space, which is everything that's in the background of a picture that we don't usually pay attention to, but that helps make up the picture. Um, And that's what negative space is in art. And I think that that's so true about us caregivers. We're in the background. We are a huge part of the picture, but nobody really pays attention to us. And yet if we were gone, the whole picture would change. So the mission of my nonprofit, the negative space is to really change the way caregivers are seen and supported and so I do that by providing direct services to caregivers. I do one-on-one coaching virtually. We have virtual support groups. I have a podcast called In Sickness. Um, I do social media content. But I'm also really trying to raise awareness. And so I'm trying to get involved um, both locally and nationally in, in trying to make change and trying to do speaking engagements where I'm speaking to medical professionals and other decision makers to say, hey, there are 53 million of us. And so it's time to start paying attention to us and giving us the resources that we really need and deserve. Oh, absolutely. It's just uh, incredible to think that we don't think about that. I think for someone who is ill, like using the situation with your husband, it's yeah. so much better for him to be at home, to have his family mm-hmm. around him than to be in some care facility mm-hmm. because that's so cold. But again, you can't do this on your own. Uh, it's a 24-7 situation. Absolutely. And what I will say is even when, when folks are in a care facility, there are still family caregivers involved, right? Mm-hmm. Their phones are on all the time. They are visiting all the time. They are dealing with situations. And so it's not... Like they get to turn in their caregiver badge when someone, their loved one moves into a facility. But you're right that really the goal of a lot of, um, you know, in, in our culture is that we're trying to have more people be able to age, age in place. And that sounds beautiful, right? And also the hospitals are releasing patients to their home more quickly than they used to. And all of that sounds great until you think about, wait a minute, who is actually doing the work? 
And it is us, us, those of us who are these unpaid family caregivers, that if he gets released from the hospital sooner because technology is better and all of those things, then the role of that whole nursing staff is now me in our house. And so it's great for the the person to be in their home. But I think as a society, we have to think about about that but wait (laughs) moment of what is that doing to the person who is then caring for the person in the home. Some of this, on a more formal basis, needs to be where we do have professional care, medical personnel who are covered by insurance, though I would think it would be insurance, or maybe you've thought through this as to who it might be, to provide some of those extra services that are really needed, Mm -hmm. but I think are probably scarce these days. Right. I mean, that's a whole other conversation, Mm -hmm. right? So I think that there are some services and sometimes people through Medicare and Medicaid can qualify to have someone come into the home. But again, those are really poorly paid positions. And so it's really hard just because unfortunately, even in the paid caregiving role, um, it's really not a respected profession, unfortunately. And so it is hard to keep people in those jobs because they're not being paid well. Mm -hmm. And so then there's a lot of turnover and it's just the whole care infrastructure in in our country really needs some help and some support. And so there are a lot of great organizations that are working on things like policy for paid family leave and equitable wages and things like that. And just a lot of work needs to be done. It does. And it seems to me kind of at the very uh, fundamental level, really a respect for the human being, for life, to really care for that individual and respect them, even though, you know, they are ill, you don't want to shut the door on them, to really value life, I guess, mm-hmm. at the very basic point. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I would say I would want to expand that to say respect the life of both of the people. Yes. The, because right. I think there are a lot of services and things in place for the person who is ill and the person who is aging, and we can always do better, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that there is not enough respect and acknowledgement in place of the person caring for them. And when that person isn't getting the support, then it's harder, right? Then the whole trickle-down thing happens that then the the person might not get as as quality of care because their caregiver is exhausted. Right. And is is not being supported and is not being respected. And so, um, so I think we need to widen... But I think both parties need more respect and support. Exactly. And even for yourself or anyone in a caregiving role, to think that you can do this 24-7 is a crazy idea. And so we need to have something in place where there can be that respite care that is Mm -hmm. really quality because... Mm -hmm. People probably choose to have that break to work, but maybe not. But as you said, you you must because the insurance is needed. It's just the way mm-hmm. our system has evolved, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I mean, the care, the cost of care is so astronomical as well. I mean, the, the medical bills, but then also if you do put your person, if your person ends up in a care facility, I mean, I hear that for some folks it's ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 a month. And so people are burning through their savings Mm -hmm. um, so quickly and people are living longer, which is a beautiful thing. And that means that the costs are higher. Right. And so, you know, caregivers are working so that they can have this money, but then it's all being, you know, spent there. And it's just it's a complex situation all around. Right. 
So we know that we need to be more sensitive in our own family or in our own small community as to what is going on with our neighbors, with our friends, so that we can be there to support in a very thoughtful way with concrete Mm -hmm. ways of I would like to do this, not saying what would you like? Because, because mm-hmm. we've discussed mm-hmm. that. No, that or doesn't work. Know. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Let me know. That doesn't work. Uh, right. So we need to be more conscious that way. So, but you're saying about policy changes. Is there something we, as individuals, should also be doing to promote um, a, a different kind of thing? Can we do it through policy, or does it really have to be mm-hmm. more grassroots in the community? Mm, great question. Um, both, right? Okay. And so. I think that in some ways, and there's so there's a fabulous organization called Caring Across Generations um, that is really working for policy change. And they got really close last year, really close to, to passing an enormous care bill that would have helped caregiving in a lot of ways. And so they're still fighting and still working. Um, so I think part of it is to start paying attention to these things um, and talking to your local representatives about things like paid family leave. Um, but it, it's also so it's it. I think when policies are in place, then obviously people are going to pay attention. There are some people who we can tell our hard stories all day and they're not going to make changes unless they have to. Right. And so in some places, I think we need we need to have work for policy change. But I think it, it can start with that can feel overwhelming to people. And I don't want them to say, well, it's never going to change. so I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. So I think we can go anywhere from, you know, it's your upcoming, you know, family gatherings, you know, saying some of these things that I just mentioned to you know, your relative there that you know is a caregiver. Like that can sort of start the ripple effect. It can be you sort of opening your eyes to all of, more of the articles that are coming out and sort of paying attention in that way and looking for caregivers in every part of your life because I promise you that every day you're encountering caregivers. I promise you that there are people at work and in your neighborhood and your place of worship that are caring for people and they're not talking about it. And so I think start small if that's, I think, again, it sort of goes back to like, what is your gift? If your gift is really, you're sort of like a, if you're a policy person and you want to learn more, like dig into caring across generations, see what they're doing, get involved in that way. If you're more of a small grassroots person, then you can sort of start there and then think about, you know, how can you help in your family and in your neighborhood and in small ways like that. So just everybody should take some sort of step, but just think about sort of where you're where your gifts lie and how you can use them best. Yes, and our gifts are just that. They are gifts that need to be shared. Otherwise, yeah. uh, you know, what's the point of them, really? Right. right? And, and yeah. speaking of gifts, I, a couple of things come to mind. First of all, yeah. during this month of December, which is a big celebration in, in so many cultures and yeah. so much gift-giving involved, think about the practical gifts, that gift of time, that gift of mm-hmm. offering. You know, I will come and play chess or, you know, do a board mm-hmm. game or just yeah. sit and have a good chat. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, some of those practical things, like you said, like your time, things like um, gift cards to places like DoorDash, you know, places mm-hmm. that deliver, things like um, a lawn service or a cleaning service or a snow. So if you think about, you know, often caregivers aren't going to give up their caregiving duties to someone else. Like I'm not going to have someone else take over some of the medical tasks that I do for my husband. But if someone else takes over some of my household tasks, the raking, the cleaning, the 
dog walking, the laundry, that gives me more time in my life to be with him, to be with our daughter, to take a nap, to, you know, take care of all of our needs. And so think about any of the household things that any of you do and what's a way that you could take that off someone's plate. I also just want to mention as well that through my nonprofit, one of the items that we do is that we we have gifts specifically for caregivers. We have these gift boxes um, and the theme of them is I'm a part of the story. And it comes with all kinds of items that have that phrase on it because often caregivers don't feel like they're allowed to even talk about being a caregiver. They feel like they're not the one who's sick. They don't have the right to talk about it. They don't have the right to talk about it being hard. And maybe they have in the past and someone has sort of like shut them down or bright-sided them by saying, well, at least, Hmm. at least you're not the one who's sick, right? And so a part of my mission as well at the Negative Space is to really empower caregivers to claim the title and and to start talking about the fact that they're part of the story too. And so one way to do that is to give a caregiver one of these gift boxes um, I don't know if anyone's ever opened one without crying um, mm-hmm. because that people just often say, like, I have never been seen in this way before. Oh. Um, so at my website, you can, you know, check those out. They come in two different sizes. And I think that it's a powerful gift. If you're if you're thinking, I don't have the right words, I'm not sure how to say it. I've got the words. I put the words in the box. You can just be the one to hand the box over to the person. Um, and then they can get kind of this daily reminder of the fact that they're they're part of the story as well. And realize how authentic that is. You're coming yeah. from that place of exactly. the full experience. So trust it. We yeah. can trust it. Yeah. Yes. Right. Oh, right. Oh, that's beautiful. And again, the website for that is? It is thenegativespace.life. Dot life. Okay. Yeah. And also in general information, we mentioned uh, embracing carers. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So that was, I mean, developed to increase awareness and discussion and action about some of those overlooked needs. And so they partnered with the UN to release some UN-approved online caregiver training, because that's the thing, too, is that we as caregivers, I had no medical background before my husband's diagnosis. And so sometimes we can feel like here we are in the home meant to do all these things, and we don't know what we're doing, right? And so so Embracing Cares in the UN just... Um, partner to release this approved online caregiver training I and mean, it's available in Spanish and English. And so that's another just really beautiful resource that's, that's out there. And that's just one of many things that they're doing. And resources, that's what we need because cycling back yeah. to earlier in our conversation, there are the four things that Rosalind Carter had talked yeah. about in terms of caregiving and being the one cared for. Mm-hmm. One way or another, we're going to be in one of those places. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yes. And so to be prepared, to be aware, and then uh, that I think helps us to have compassion and more insight into what we can do to help those in our neighborhood. You know, Mm -hmm. just just Mm -hmm. reach out. Yes. Yes. Our neighborhood and our families and our, our working spaces. I mean, sometimes when I have talked about my gift boxes, people have said, well, I would like to buy a box, but I don't know any caregivers. And I just have to laugh because I said, you absolutely know caregivers. And so, you know, open your eyes. But also, you know, I think once we start creating spaces and where caregivers feel like they're able to say, I am a caregiver, right? But to, to let them say that and talk about that piece, then we'll start to recognize more how how many of us there really are. Exactly. Just open your eyes and we'll be amazed, right? Yes. 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 Well, yes. 
And oh. even using a conversation like this to say yeah. this to people in your life, I just heard this interview about caregivers. I bet that people around will say, actually, did you know that I, I spend a couple evenings every week with my mom taking her to here? Did you know that I do? You know, and so it, they'll start coming out of the woodwork and they just, you know, they're there, I promise. Right, exactly. It'll be just such a an eye-opening experience. And to know, I really believe that once we open ourselves up to that and, and want to be involved, we'll find that we're the ones who get more of a gift than we think that we're giving. Oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, I think, you know, when you know that, that a person in your life is struggling with something, to know, you know, and sometimes we say, let me know how I can help. And then we sit back sort of, well, they never called. I don't know what to do, right? And so when we find those specific ways that we can show up and help, it feels good for us as well because we know that we're specifically helping someone who is in need. And I wanted to say in there too as well that my the podcast that I have called In Sickness is um, another spousal caregiver, a male, and I. And at the end of every episode, we have a, a section where we talk to supporters. So we say, if you're listening to this and you're not a caregiver, here are ways that you can help the caregivers in your life with the topic that we just talked about. So I think that that can be a really informative for people who really want to learn, who aren't yet caregivers, but want to figure out how they can help the caregivers in their lives. That's another good way to do it. Allison, you are a wealth of information. Important. Well, truly, we're all touched by it. Again, whether we realize it or not, but we are. And to know how we can be much more present and supportive is so critical. And you are really doing an amazing work in making that happen. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I'm living it firsthand in my own life. And so I'm glad to be able to help others, you know, through this time as well. Well, I feel that you are, and I'm so grateful to have had this opportunity to speak with you and to, in this way, through this platform, share with others that hopefully will enhance so many more lives all across the country, maybe across the world. Yes, I hope so, too. Thank you. And thank you for, you know, both having me, but also just giving airtime to the topic of caregivers. I mean, that's huge in itself. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Oh, you bet. Maybe we'll need to do it again, Allison. I would love that. Thank you.